Today's episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, like tedious commutes to work or dealing with your annoying boss. But when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on their crossword puzzles, even though they're available right now or they take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. So there's literally no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. I use ZocDoc and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com RS and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash R-S. ZocDoc.com slash R-S. Welcome to r slash pro revenge, where a moron cuts down his neighbor's trees and learns a $2 million lesson. Our next post comes from Twitter. A friend of mine who's a municipal arborist just called to tell me about a guy who cut down 32 big mature trees on his neighbor's New Jersey property to get a better view of New York City. He hired a guy who hired another guy. He cut them down and just left the debris there. The fine per tree is $1,000, so this guy probably thought that he was just going to pay a $32,000 fine. But my arborist friend wrote violations to all three parties, 96 violations in all. And there's a provision requiring the replanting of like trees of the same size. And it's on a mountainside that's inaccessible by road. My friend put the landowner in touch with the only guy who would take on such a job. They have to build a road, remove the debris, plant big trees, and water them for two years. This guy quoted the landowner $1.5 million. And that's on top of the fines of $400,000. I hope whoever this douchebag is, he can't pay, and they seize his property. The value of which he probably figured would be increased so much that a $32,000 fine was worth it. Man, a $1.9 million fine? Unless this guy is mega rich, that is a life-destroying amount of money. Man, imagine working your entire life and amassing several million dollars and having a really nice piece of property and then losing it all, every single penny you own just because you decided to cut down your neighbor's tree. Tree law is nasty, man. Our next Reddit post is from SC Superjack. Many years ago, I worked in the lovely career of retail. Sadly, it's normal for you to encounter a constant flow of shop scum that make you despise your existence. And some of them are so horrific that what they do to you is burned into your mind forever. Fortunately, one of those unforgettable moments allowed me to extract my revenge. I had only been working in retail for one year in this newly built store, and I was starting to settle in. I was getting to know our great customers and learning that some people shouldn't be allowed outside. And since I was a shy person who hates conflict, this wasn't the best scenario for me. But at least one of my customers was an absolutely adorable elderly lady who always made time to talk and was an absolute joy to be with. It had been a few weeks since I had last seen her, but one morning I see her car park in the disabled parking bay. Only this time, she hobbled out of the car on crutches with a cast on her leg. 
I didn't have a chance to talk to her yet when another work truck, which did not have a blue disabled placard, pulled into the disabled space next to her and out jumped an early 40s builder with a teenage kid. Well, this little old lady was having none of this. And she must have absolutely massive balls of steel because she stood up to this ignorant builder and politely told them that they shouldn't be parking there because it's for the disabled and he doesn't have a badge. What happened next, I can't forget. This guy decides the best course of action was to humiliate and insult this poor elderly lady in crutches, accusing her of faking her disability and claim the cast on her leg was a fake and that she probably milks the benefit system for as much money as possible. Then he walked off, putting on an overdramatic fake limp, laughing away with her teenage kid while the old lady stood there in shock. Sadly, since I lack courage, I did absolutely nothing about it, and that moment would stick with me forever. I tried to feebly ask a manager later to do something about it, but they didn't care and didn't want to get involved. For the years that I worked in that store, I would always see this scumbag builder come in and out. Fortunately, I never interacted with this scumbag builder, but I saw them often, and every time I did, I would always remember what they'd done vividly. I would see him park in the disabled bays, and it even got to the point where I would recognize them by the large blue Mercedes they drove. Seven years later, I was still working in this store, and this scumbag was still parking in the disabled bay and looking like an absolute grunt. But this year, things were different. Our store had been receiving a lot of parking complaints. So our company issued us ticketing machines, and we were allowed to issue tickets to any cars that violated parking rules. This was all done digitally, so there would be no paper tickets on the cars. It didn't take long for me to learn how to use the machine, and it certainly didn't take long for the opportunity to get revenge. There were three parking rules, and for each rule you break, there was a lovely 80-pound fine. The first rule was no parking in a disabled spot without a badge. The second I saw this scumbag enter the store, I quickly scurried out with the ticketing machine, and lo and behold, there was the oversized blue Mercedes in the closest disabled bay, with no badge. Pretty soon, the scumbag would receive a letter with the fine they had to pay. But that's not all. Fortunately, it takes weeks for those letters to arrive, which grants me more opportunities to constantly ticket their parking violations. Because, as you would expect, this scumbag would always park in the disabled spot, and since I worked at the front of the store, I always knew when he came in. After ticketing their car dozens of times, this scumbag unfortunately learned his lesson because the oversized blue Mercedes no longer parked in the disabled parking base. But as you would expect, the scumbag is still a scumbag, so he found his new parking space inside child parking. The second rule, don't park inside of child parking without a child. At this point, I knew all their car details by heart, and I would gleefully fill out a ticket as I skipped over to their car and took pictures of their car without a child seat in them. And so, this became my new routine. Once again, this carried on for a few weeks of him parking, me writing him tickets, but it would be weeks before the tickets arrived. But all good things must eventually come to an end. When this scumbag came into our store, their blue turd automobile was no longer in child parking or disabled base. Had this scumbag finally learned his lesson? 
Well, you wouldn't be surprised to learn that they hadn't. Rule number three, you must park inside of a marked parking space. And what a surprise that this scumbag still manages to F this up. He would park over the line, taking up two spaces. Well, guess what? That's a job for me and my ticket machine. Ka-ching! Another ticket, another fine for the scumbag. Do you have one wheel slightly over the white line of a parking spot? Well, I guess you also technically broke the rule. And that leads to a few more weeks of tickets, until eventually the scumbag runs out of ways that he can possibly break the rules, and our company hires an external organization to start ticketing people, so I've lost my weapon of justice. Now, I know what some of you people are gonna say, that these fines aren't enforceable because of blah blah blah, but I honestly don't care for a few reasons. Firstly, I'm getting paid to do this, so either way, my time or money is not wasted. Secondly, these tickets did have an effect because the scumbag repeatedly changed their parking habits. And thirdly, even if the scumbag didn't end up paying the tickets, he still had to spend a ton of time and effort trying to overturn them over and over, having to constantly be harassed by the mail. Altogether, this scumbag would have received thousands of pounds worth of fines. The cherry on top was, about three years later, I walk by this scumbag in the parking lot as they scream at some innocent dude in a high-visibility jacket, accusing that person of being the one who's giving them all these parking fines. That sight filled my heart with joy, knowing that three years later, that still made him raving mad. Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole, more like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Then enter code r slash at checkout. That's r slash, R-S-L-A-S-H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code r slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping and get it fast with rush processing. Use code r slash. Our next Reddit post is from Deleted. I have a story to tell from the finance industry. For those of you who don't know what we do, it's basically just being a realtor, but for companies instead of houses. This was a small investment banking firm, and we specialize in smaller players. We're talking companies worth 20 to $50 million. Our customers are typically salt of the earth, like a guy who built his tire company from nothing but a shed and a truck over the last 30 years, and now they just want to retire. But seeing as how many of them never learned accounting and whatnot, they need representation. Now, this one company has two owners that each own 50%, and they hate each other. They cannot have a civil conversation. Now, having two 50-50 owners is always a recipe for conflict. But this level of hatred was something I had never seen before. It was pretty clear that one of the two had done something pretty bad for it to devolve to this stage. Let's call them Tim and Roger. My first impression of Roger is that he's a nice dude. 
down-to-earth, chill, and generally interested in things. My first impression of Tim is that he's a raging imbecile. We were all at a restaurant that many people in my city hold in very high regard, and all Tim did for an hour and a half was complain about the food. He talked down to and mocked a waiter who dared to ask him what he'd like to drink, and then proceeded to order $1,000 of wine when he knew that we were paying. My boss was having none of that, and made it clear that Tim was paying for that bottle, which I suppose put him in a bad mood. I, however, am somewhat obsessed with food. I spend an unwise amount of money on food. We're here at this restaurant at my recommendation. I love this restaurant. I'm on first name terms with that waiter. Tim starts talking down to me about my tastes after I order, saying that kids these days have no palate and that I shouldn't be eating that. Oh, and also, apparently donating to vaccine charities is a waste of money, and I'm some sort of idiot for doing so. So, to be short, I do not like this guy. But not liking this guy isn't really a reason to seek out revenge. However, after talking to Roger, I find out why they hate each other. You see, Tim has been stealing money from his employees and the company. It turns out that employees started getting random checks bounced and the company's line of credit kept drying up because Tim has been making some rather extravagant purchases on the company's dime. Tim adjusted employee payroll downward and increased his own payroll. He used capital expenditures to build himself a house. Apparently, his continued justification is that none of what he did was illegal, which is technically true. That he had helped the company grow, which I suppose is true. And that he deserved more, but not his business partner. Roger compensated his employees out of his own pocket, and Tim refused to pay back a dime. So, at this point, the deal talks are going nowhere. As in, Tim and Roger just can't stand to communicate with each other at all. But my boss hatches an idea. Why don't we just buy one of them out? We know how much money the company is worth in the wider markets. We'll just see if Tim or Roger is willing to sell us their half of the company. Now, to be clear, I know exactly how much money this company is worth. This company is worth about $24 million. Tim's stake, therefore, is worth about $12 million. Complex, I know. Guess whose stake I suggest that we buy? Tim's, of course. And how much do I suggest we offer? $4 million. Now, to be clear, this type of thing has a downside, but Tim's reputation in his industry is not good. In fact, after some canvassing, it turns out that most people know his company through Roger, and they don't like to deal with Tim. It turns out that being a thieving butthole is something that you can't simply turn off. My boss agrees, and he sends an offer letter to Tim. Tim bites and sells us his half of the company for $6 million. Six weeks later, we sold the company for $28 million. F you, Tim! And just to do the quick math on that, $28 million split in half is $14 million. So instead of getting $14 million, Tim got $6 million, so he lost $8 million. Down in the comments, we have this story from Prolix Logo Daedalist. My corporate law professor once told me about a nice little pro-revenge story that yours reminded me of. First, a bit of corporate law background. There are these things called shotgun buy-sell agreements. Basically, when you're setting up a corporation, you can put one of these clauses in to deal with directors who are pissed off at each other. 
Basically, the way it works is if Alice wants out, she can make an offer to the other director, Bob, to sell Bob her shares. Bob can either accept the offer and buy her shares, or Alice must buy his shares at the same price. This is ostensibly fair because Alice will offer to sell the shares at a fair price because she doesn't know if she'll be buying or selling the shares. So what happened was there were two directors of a corporation with a shotgun agreement. One of them was a butthole with lots of money, and the other was actually quite poor. The butthole, knowing that his partner didn't have any money, used the shotgun clause and offered to sell his shares to the poor guy for way less than what they were worth, but still for more than what the partner had. Because the nice partner didn't have enough money to buy the shares, even at the cheap price, he would be forced to sell his shares to that butthole for very little money. At the 11th hour, the poor partner managed to borrow enough money from friends and family to accept the butthole's offer to sell. So this butthole was forced to sell all of his shares at a fraction of what they were worth. And the poor partner, along with his friends and family, ended up with a boatload of money. Our next Reddit post is from Trilobite TV. So it all started when I was outside letting my dog use the bathroom. My dog is really friendly and likes people a lot, and my neighbor also has a dog that goes in neighbor's yards as well. My neighbor was outside working on his garden, like old retired people do, when my dog saw him, ran over, and laid down next to him. My neighbor then freaked out and threatened to shoot my dog with his gun if it ever came onto his property again. Well, the people that I bought the house from said that they believed the property line was from a telephone pole to an electrical box. I looked up the property line and saw that a large portion of the neighbor's garden was crossing into my property. I even called up a surveyor to confirm. I called the city and they said that my neighbor has to either pay me for having built on my property or destroy the garden. With all the work that he put into the garden, he refused to destroy it. And now he pays me every single month for his garden. That was our slash pro revenge. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.